Hey friends, welcome to the Meaningful Conversations podcast, a new segment we have added to the A Woman Is platform. Here we focus on all things healing, strengthening, empowering, and normalizing mental health conversations. I'm your host, Crystal Thomas, the CEO and founder of A Woman Is. To learn more about the organization, visit the website at www. Dot a woman is dot org, or follow us on Instagram at a woman is underscore. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never have to miss an episode. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of Meaningful Conversations. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Meaningful Conversations podcast. Joining us today is Lisa Abekwi. Lisa is a licensed clinical social worker based in the state of Georgia, where she is the owner and founder of The Comfy Place. Lisa shares a passion in helping young people with their journey of self-discovery. Her therapy motto is to have fun, get real, and heal. She will be joining us today to have a meaningful conversation on social anxiety. So welcome, Lisa. We are so happy that you could join us today for a meaningful conversation. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I am Lisa Abikwi. I am a licensed clinical social worker out of Georgia, Peach State. Um, I'm actually also licensed in a few other states as well. So I serve Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Vermont, Maine, um, Florida, and um, Utah and then soon to be South Carolina and Pennsylvania. So your girl is all over the place. (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. That's good. So what led you to take a professional interest in the chosen field? For me, I really did want to help people. Um, The irony is when I was younger, I I wanted to be like a doctor so I could save lives. And then I got older and was like, ooh, blood is not for me. (laughs) So, um, I mean, and I still wanted to help, still wanted to heal. And then I think I... Honestly, I fell into the art of therapy because as a social worker, I was more on like the community side. I I liked working with lower income families, helping empower kids, helping empower communities. But then I got into the therapy room where I got to work one on one and really dive in deep with, you know, a person who's going through something. And I think that's what kind of made everything blossom for me. So awesome, that's why I ended up awesome. doing this. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about social anxiety. Um, we are a nonprofit organization that helps women, um, women of color with their trauma, um, depression, anxiety, domestic violence, all types of trauma. So today we're going to tap into a little bit of the social anxiety aspect. Um, and in your own words, can you tell us what social anxiety means to you? Yeah, so social anxiety, honestly, is when you get into social situations or or situations outside of just um, individual, maybe one-on-one, you start to display symptoms of anxiety. So anxiety in general may have things like your heart starts racing, you start to sweat, um, sometimes difficulty breathing, shallow breaths. Um, It can be somatic symptoms like that where you physically feel 
a reaction to the space that you're in. But it could also be internal things too, where you're, you know, thinking, oh, I don't start to be here, or, you know, people are judging me, and the reality is they aren't. So there's a range of symptoms that you might be experiencing, but what makes social anxiety um, different than like general anxiety is the fact that it's more based in social situations. So, excuse me, like the kid that goes into the lunchroom and they're like, where do I sit? Who do I sit with? You know, are they looking at me? Are they gonna think I'm weird? Or, you know, the person that has to like speak up in front of the office meeting and they are really like scared and nervous because they don't wanna say the wrong thing and they start to panic. Um, so I think that's what it means to me, just anxiety that you see prevalently around social situations. Okay, um, yes. So I, you may not know this, but I myself suffer from social anxiety. Um, doing this podcast has kind of brought me out of that shell to kind of talk more and be more open, but I've always struggled with like talking to people. Um, I've always been uncomfortable in settings. So to me, I've been feeling like, oh, maybe I'm crazy. Like this is not normal. Would you consider, consider social anxiety to be common? I think it is more common than people realize, but especially now because of how COVID had like everyone on lockdown, like we was on punishment for like a good yeah. two years and still we going. Were. Um, still we ain't got a time out yet. <laughs> but um, in reality, so many people were secluded. They were isolated. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have that social interaction, when you're used to maybe communicating with people online, it's a very different feel when you're behind the screen, getting it to is. speak and you know, being who you would like to be online versus when you're in person and people can actually mm -hmm. see you. They can exactly. sometimes see, you know, in you at this point where you're having to have a personality, having to engage with others, reciprocal conversation. We lost that for a good two to three, you know, three years in essence. Yeah. So now I think there's a lot more people who are suffering from it and they're like, okay, but what do I do now? Like, how do I talk to somebody? How do I make a friend? Either half mm -hmm. of my friends died or, you know, the other half I didn't see for two years and maybe they're off doing their own thing. And now exactly. I have to start over again. Exactly. So it's more normal and more prevalent than folks realize. Just some people maybe have it worse than others. Okay, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, besides some of the things that you have mentioned today, are there any other things that triggers social anxiety? Yeah, I mean, anything can trigger it. I think it's, it's more prevalently seen in social situations. So when others are involved or in um, environments, where interactions are uh, predominantly seen. But I, I like to say it's also triggered internally too, because if you think about it, if you are preparing to go out and you haven't been mm -hmm. out in a while and you're like, okay, well, I don't know who I'm gonna see. How do I react to this person? You know, which space right. do I move to? Um, I think the anxiety can start prior to the social environment even being exposed to. Because there are some people that they start to get super anxious and sometimes actually have panic attacks before they even get out of the house, all because they were just thinking about having right. to go into that social situation and they haven't even made it to that space yet. So right. I think it's a mixture of, yes, the social environment being a trigger and a cue for the anxiety, but sometimes just the thought of that social space, the thought mm -hmm. of preparing for that big presentation or, you know, your first day of school and or you know, going out to, to work or to mingle with friends when you don't know what to expect, the thought can trigger things as well. Um, and I'm real big on body. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the work I do with my body-based stuff incorporates noticing what's happening in your body. 
So okay. sometimes folks don't understand if you've been in a negative social situation, let's say you were a kid, you got bullied and you mm-hmm. can remember a certain smell attached to that, or you can mm-hmm. remember a certain sound. You can actually be anywhere in the world and hear that sound and smell that scent again. Right. And it actually trigger back up for you the same anxiety and feelings that you have related to that first incident. So I let people know that although sometimes we have somatic responses and that's like the heavy breathing, the mm-hmm. sweaty palms, the discomfort, sometimes the panic attack, there are different things that can trigger it, both known to us and unknown. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Um, so body (laughs) and you don't think about that when you're dealing with like social anxiety that your body is going through different um different emotions and different things you're thinking that it's all a mental thing but your body different parts of your body is also experiencing it as well so that's that's really interesting um what is the difference between having social anxiety and just being shy so i honestly i think it's the level of which it interferes with your ability to function. So that's kind of like the more sciencey kind of definition. But if you think about it, being shy would kind of be like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, like, don't talk to me too soon. Um, you know, just a little hesitation. Whereas right. social anxiety is, it's a more severe case of, you know, shyness in a way where you actually can sometimes feel physical symptoms. You can okay. actually experience discomfort happening in your body as you are preparing for the social situation. Mm. Um, additionally, it's more triggered by social situations. Being shy can be anywhere. You know what I mean? Like you see it mainly when you're around others, in particular if it's others that you don't know. But with social yeah. anxiety, it doesn't discriminate between who you know and who you don't. It mm-hmm. is still that idea of I'm getting ready to go out into this space and I'm starting to physically feel uncomfortable. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, all the mistakes that I'm going to make, even though I haven't made any yet. It's that whole series of, uh, think of a waterfall. Like once it starts, it's just going to keep going. It, it's right. all going to flush out. So mm-hmm. with social anxiety, it's something has started the waterfall. So it's okay. got to flush all the way out. Whereas shyness, it's more so I'm just reading the room. I'm a little uncomfortable, but I'm not scared. I can still mm-hmm. speak. I can still engage. I right. just may need to warm up to Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, I know for me, when I get the social anxiety, it's the sweaty palms. My heart beats really fast. Um, I get to thinking all these crazy things. Would you consider those type of um, things some um, signs or symptoms that you, you should look for when you're experiencing social anxiety? Yes. And uh, I want to say yes and no. Part of the reason why I said no is because um, panic attacks can also have similar uh, symptoms. So social anxiety does not necessarily, it doesn't always manifest physically. It's just that some people that have uh, possibly severe cases, their their symptoms start to manifest physically because now they're in the social situation. And then um, sometimes if it proceeds or magnifies, then it becomes a panic attack. So it would be okay. like a friend that you have that, you know, you're like, oh, okay, we're going to go out, you know, let's uh, let's get lit. And then they're like, they just start breathing fast and it, you know, right. they start hyperventilating. They are starting to sweat and you're like, yo, what's going on? Like, you've been out with us before. Why are you tripping? Right. But the reality is their, their response body-wise is more severe to the situation that it's perfect. Mm. So um, I say that because for them, the thought of 
I'm about to go be in this public space. I'm going to see people. Mm-hmm. Hell, I might be scared of COVID and now I'm panicking because yeah. I'm thinking about everything that could happen. That could be triggering the flow of everything else. So I, I like to make sure people understand that symptoms don't always have to be physical. There's not just a one way. Also, we're different people. You know, right. nobody is the same, even twins. So right. that means that what social anxiety looks like for somebody you know, one way where they might say, I'm quiet, I just shut down, I try to mm-hmm. escape and disappear into the background, versus another person who has more um, present symptoms of the sweaty palms, you know, mm-hmm. they start to breathe a little quicker, some even start to feel dizzy, they have these pieces, so it could be either or depending on who the person is, but yeah. I just need to make sure people understand when it starts to cross over into the mind of panic attack, mm-hmm. because some people, they have it so severely that their body starts to overreact and then you start to see the panic and the shutdown and that's where you know you have to step back some so we let people know you can have a certain level of I'm uncomfortable you know this is different I don't want to be in this space I don't know what to expect Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say but again when it starts to interfere with your ability to be out into the world to engage with people to maintain life that's when it starts to become a problem. And that's when we start talking about, oh, do you get a diagnosis of social mm-hmm. anxiety? Do you get this? Do you get that? Because it interferes with just your ability to be a person to be out with us in the world. Okay. Um, so with that, you know, is there any small steps that someone could take um, to feel better or to um, catch it before they feel themselves going into a panic attack? Um, what's some small steps that we could we could look at when dealing with social anxiety? Um, so with social, I think it's a, there's a mixture of things you can do, but like anxiety in general, I think mm-hmm. if you're able to do, um, so try out some of these tips, they work because they also will work with social situations. One, I always recommend people get therapy because the underlying thoughts that are triggering everything else to happen have to mm-hmm. be addressed. So in the moment when you're starting to like, you know, you're starting to panic a little bit, like, okay, you want me to go outside, but I don't do outside, you know, like, I don't like people, (laughs) you know, how does that work? There's some work that has to be done around that. But like, let's say you actually are in a social situation. Okay. You feel yourself starting, palms starting to sweat, you know, you feel yourself getting a little hot, breathing starting to speed up a little bit. Um, Some things I I tell my clients are like the five, four, three, two, one. So it's like the... um, name five things you can see, four things, you know, you can smell, three things you can touch. I think uh, two things you can hear, one you can uh, taste. And it's any of the senses, you can do it in any order. Um, So there's no right or wrong way, but what that method is to help ground you into what's in the time and space. So it's kind of like if I'm sitting here and I'm starting to panic, my breathing's increasing, I'm starting to sweat, I'm getting Mm -hmm. anxious and I pay attention to what's happening and my surrounding by identifying five, four, three, two, I'm actually starting to come out of my body and more present in the space. And it's helping to calm the, like calm the internal things that are kicking up. Um, And that would be the same thing, like people just starting to take deep breaths. So, you know, breathe in for a slow count of three, you breathe out for a slow count of three. And the idea behind it is these techniques are really just to help your body regulate. Because if you are anxious, period, your system is acting. It's reacting to something. It's moving. Okay. So okay. when the gears are moving and they're moving too fast, it's kind of like hitting the brakes on the car. 
you can slap mm-hmm. that bad boy real quick and you know end up with some bruises <laughs> right. or you can pump them a little slower and still come to a safe stop so okay. when you're in a social situation and you're feeling that anxiety kicking up pumping the brakes slowly to help you come to a safe stop to where you don't have a full-on panic attack mm-hmm. um, and so that you don't just completely shut down and you can still feel safe in the space and engage that would be where these techniques of breathing uh, mindfulness just noticing what's in your environment cueing to make sure that you know, for your mind, you're telling yourself, I am safe. I just looked around and I noticed the trees. I noticed the sounds. Ooh, that song. That's that party song. That's what I like. with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you notice all those things and it helps right. you into the space. So now you're out of your body, which mm-hmm. is starting to act up and you're more calming it down because you're like, I'm safe. I'm okay. Right. They're okay. not looking at me. It's, it's in my head right now. Right. Reassuring yourself that everything is okay. Makes perfect sense. Yes, makes perfect (laughs) sense. (laughs) Because we have to reassure ourselves that everything is okay, especially when we're in uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable environments that's not normal for us. Um, Just reassuring yourself that everything is going to be okay makes everything a little bit okay. At least I think (laughs) It does. Sometimes you have to like, you have to convince your mind that you're safe so that you feel safe. Exactly. It might be one that happens before the other, but the mind is a powerful tool. So if you Mm got to trick it to be make it through the moment, trick it to make it through the moment. But yes, yeah, definitely (laughs) that that part. Um, So, what is the best way um, social anxiety can be treated um, besides uh, therapy? Is there any natural things that we can do? Um, Exercising? Does any of those things help? Um, I, I mean, I feel like in general, you know, always having healthy sleep habits, healthy, you know, um, exercise and eating habits are good just because the chemicals in the body are impacted, okay. you know, when you're getting enough sleep, when you're eating right, the insides of your body are getting the nutrients that they need, the, uh, you know, the endorphins, the hormones, the, all of those things that are internally moving in our system, even in you and I, as we're sitting down. They're functioning the way they need to function. Um, mm-hmm. When you have, you know, social anxiety, when you have anxiety, certain things are off. So it might be that something's firing too much or something's not firing enough. And that's why you'll then see people take medications to mm-hmm. actually help regulate how much of the chemical in their body is being produced so that they okay. can have the right amount to stay level. So if you're like, okay, well, what do I do outside of therapy? I mean, there are medications that, you know, can help with that. Smoking weed is not the only way, <laughs> nor is it like the solution. Cause there'll be some people that are like, oh, well, I smoke to stay calm. I mean, yes, I hear that a lot. You're right. But, um, but the, the end of the day, the reason I said that was because it's still altering the chemicals in your body, whether you're right. drinking, you're smoking, even when we eat, like mm-hmm. some people actually are emotional eaters. So if they get nervous, they'll like snack on stuff that releases dopamine in our system to make us feel good it is Mm -hmm. still releasing chemicals in our system. So um, I encourage people like, you know, always maintain good nutrition, get enough sleep so that your brain and your body are able to produce the chemicals they need to stay balanced, to stay level. Mm -hmm. But then outside of therapy, doing other activities. So like with um, exercising, things like mindfulness and yoga activities. um, Mm -hmm. I know some people do sound bowls. And the reason I reference those are because they focus on breathing and they focus on really being in tune with your body. So okay. like, for example, if you are someone who is 
who has social anxiety, where you get in social situations, you start to actually physically react, knowing how to regulate your breaths, knowing how okay. to get center, knowing, you know, the chakras, all those different pieces, they help because mm-hmm. now you can actually regulate your own breath in that space. Um, and there might be some non-traditional methods as well. Like I, I've heard of people who've done like, I think it's acupuncture, um, and like some different, and I don't know if I would say like chiropractic type stuff, but I think acupuncture because it releases certain pressure in different places. So there's yeah. non-traditional methods. And then, you know, there's traditional methods like therapy or, you know, the medication. There's more than one way, but I think it's a big part of just the person knowing um, their system and then just kind of knowing what would be effective for their system. Right. So yeah. that's what's going to help you get out of that space because we may not always have somebody around to be like, mm-hmm. oh, you're good. like, okay, just take deep breaths, right. breathe in and out. Gotta and take care of yourself. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, if you're by mm-hmm. yourself, you don't, I'm sorry. He do dismiss every time I <laughs> I was like, hence why we have a background where you can't see him, because you gotta show out. Um, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but when you're by yourself, you wanna make sure you have tools that you trust, because right. it can be really scary when you feel like you're losing control. Right. There's no one there to save. So mm-hmm. I always make sure folks understand you have the tools in you, use them so that yes. once you are balanced and you're stable, that's when you can now call for help versus mm-hmm. the fear of, oh my gosh, I felt like I was dying and there was nobody there for me to actually ask for help. That's right. a scarier thing. And it, it actually um, escalates the, mm-hmm. the attack that you might be having or the fear that you may be having. Right. Yes. So um, with with having social anxiety and dealing with it for like so long or for a certain period of time, um, does it ever go away? That's the final question. Does it ever go away? Once you get therapy, once you use your own tactics, do you ever heal from it? Yeah, and I say that because I think anything can be healed from. Um, it really is, you know, and I'd sound really corny just being like, it's all about perspective, you know. <laughs> But um, in all honesty, you know, we're not born with social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I tell every single one of my clients that comes in, there's very few things that you're born with out of the DSM. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these different things that people get diagnosed with are things that they've grown into. They've experienced an event and it's now led to, you know, this response in their body. And now we are coding or giving Mm -hmm. it a name based Mm -hmm. on these, you know, descriptions, the data that's right. Exactly. But you didn't come out the womb with social anxiety. No. So you have to go in the ground with social anxiety. That is true. That is true. So true. Oh my gosh. Really true. <laughs> yeah, you live and you learn. So it is possible to heal from it. But that is why I tell people you have to learn the tricks to almost trick your system. Because if mm-hmm. it's a more mind thing for some people where they just start mm-hmm. to think people are judging me, they're watching me, I don't know what to do. Then you actually learn tips and tricks to get in front of that. Like, how do, when, how do I handle it when my mind starts to think negative? How do I right. switch that flip or flip that switch so that now I'm not thinking those things that are going to lead me mm-hmm. down the spiral? And with somatic, if I all of a sudden get in a situation and maybe I'm not even thinking anything, I just notice my heart rate starts to increase. I notice my hands start to get sweaty. These are mm-hmm. physical signs that I'm in an uncomfortable state, that my body is not, it doesn't feel safe where it is. So mm-hmm. I can actually intervene by using some of these other methods that force my body to regulate. So there's ways to do that, but it's really just, you have to learn you, 
You have mm-hmm. to learn what is effective for you and you have to trust yourself as you're mm-hmm. doing those things for you. Yes, and I think that's a, a, a big one, trusting yourself, learning yourself. A lot of people have not mastered knowing who they are or knowing when they're dealing with these certain conditions, how to, tr- how to treat it themselves before it escalates. So I think learning who you are internally and externally is extremely important. That way you're well aware before it even happens on how to handle it. <laughs> I was like, tell him, let him know, sis, let him know. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I've been, you know, I, I like I told you, I've deal, I've, de- I've been dealing with social anxiety for a long time. Um, and so I've kind of just gotten to know me personally and know that I do have a, a condition that I need to address. So I, I start to learn about um, different symptoms and signs that I experience before it happens or when it's happening. That way, when the next time comes, I already know how to deal with it or at least, you know, lessen the, the anxiety. <laughs> Very true. And I also say with in, around that too, I always encourage people to do therapy because since we know that you're not born with it, there was mm-hmm. probably an event that occurred that was the initial trauma that led right. to the responses that you experience now. So I always let people know you might be able to learn, you know, techniques to manage it, but mm-hmm. you know, why only manage something that you can actually heal and exactly. like you know, clean your system up? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the part of, you know, working with somebody who's trying to say, okay, I wonder when I first started having social anxiety. I wonder what the triggering event was. And wait, if I'm able to actually do some work around that event and clean that out mm-hmm. a little bit, exactly. it's possible that everything else that I've experienced as a result of it will actually start to clear up to some too. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is. So yes, we um, here at A Woman Is, we advocate getting therapy Um, We're actually pushing uh, to offer free therapy services to some of the people that we help here um, because a lot of the women are afraid of therapy. They've been coached to not get therapy, um, especially in the Black community. We were raised on, you don't need to go to therapy, pray about it and leave it there, move on. Um, So we're trying to get out of that mindset that sometimes you do need to talk to a licensed psychologist to address whatever issue that you're dealing with so we definitely advocate therapy here like I said we're working to get um free therapy for the women and young girls that we help here um that's amazing (laughs) we like seeing those initiatives and it's needed and you're right I hope one day we hope that we can change that narrative that Mm -hmm. you can only have the church type of thing because Lord knows even the Lord needed help to get to where he got right yes you can have both exactly he sends helpers through different ways exactly yes exactly so I'm not going to take up too much of your time um it was a pleasure speaking with you today Lisa, uh, this was such a meaningful conversation. Can you please share with everyone how we can connect with you and keep up with you along the way? Yes. Okay, guys. So <laughs> you can follow us on IG, um, on Instagram. We are at So Comfy Therapy. Um, and it's the same for Twitter as well as um, TikTok, So Comfy Therapy. And then on Facebook, we are at The Comfy Place. And then our website is www.thecomfyplacellc.com. 
So feel free to reach out if you have questions or heck, if you don't even know where to start and you're just like, how do I start this process? Feel free to reach out because we're always about connecting and make sure that people have what they need. So thank you guys for letting me join you today. Awesome. Awesome. So again, Lisa, thank you so much for speaking with me on the Meaningful Conversations podcast. And listeners, I hope you all have enjoyed this interview with Lisa and that you now have a better understanding about what social anxiety is and how to conquer it. Okay, friends, that concludes today's episode of Meaningful Conversations. Until next time, always remember, sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable.